Hi, this is Chaz Palminteri on my podcast. New show here at 11 o'clock on Monday, Monday morning. So much to talk about. You know, uh, many people have been, uh, you know, calling me in on, uh, calling me in, uh, emailing me on my website saying who, who else is coming on the show. Uh, I just saw this one time I'm going to give you some upcoming guests. We got Sid Rosenberg from Bernie and Sid in the Morning. Uh Look, Sid's got one of the great books. It's a terrific book. It's out now. It's called, uh, what is it called? You're Wrong and You're Ugly. And that's Sid. You're Wrong and You're Ugly. Anybody knows Sid Rosenberg, that's it, Sid. You know what they say? You got to be politically correct. Uh, you know, Sid is not. The filter, got no filter. He's going to be a guest on upcoming shows. Joey Diaz is going to come back. Joey Diaz is going to be here. The great Joey Diaz. Hysterical. Hysterical. Another guy I'm really excited to have, Shane Gillis. If you've never seen Shane Gillis in person, you got to see this guy. This guy is, he rocks the house. He's going to be on, so many great guests are going to be on. Uh, and I tell you, Joe Rogan, I'm trying to get Joe Rogan on, but Joe Rogan's hard. I should be on his show. I would love to be on his show. Come on, Joe. I boxed. I grew up in the fight game. I know about UFC. I hunt. I shoot the bow. Come on, Joe. Anyway, a great look, obviously, I don't have to tell anybody to watch Joe Rogan. He's got a great show. I watch it all the time. And my son loves Joe Rogan. Two, three hours, we're in the car, we listen to him. Uh, so I'm going to tell you about my uh, one-man show, A Bronx Tale. Coming. My schedule coming. We just sold out Detroit last week. And now, October 1st, at the Town Hall Theater 123 West 30 West 43rd Street in Manhattan. I'm going to be in Manhattan. John, I'll be back in Manhattan. Good. I'm looking forward to seeing you. For the first time in 15 years when I was on Broadway, I'm coming back to the town hall. And this is going to be an amazing show. Why, you say? Why is this show different than any uh, other show? This is the first time since I wrote the show in 1988 Am I, did I ever do a talk back with the audience? A Q&A, there's going to be microphones in the aisle. People are going to get up and ask me questions about A Bronx Tale, about my career, maybe other movies. We got some special guests coming. Can't say who they are because you never know. Maybe they can't show up or whatever, and I don't want to be held accountable. But it's going to be a great time, um, a first time. I'm going to speak about how the one-man show happened, how the movie happened, how the musical happened. Intimate details about all those three projects. Also, the casting of A Bronx Tale. Everybody says, oh, my son was cast. This guy. I'm going to tell you the exact casting of A Bronx Tale. How it happened, what happened, that's an important subject. So many stories I hear about Bronx Tale, about this thing. Oh, De Niro was playing Sonny, but then you, you said you had a place. No, that was never the case. Uh, Bob De Niro came in. He was incredible. He always wanted to play Lorenzo, the father. He wanted to direct it, and he gave me my shot. And I owe it all to Bob. I always say that. That's October 1st. You've got to, got to come to that show. It's going to be incredible. Still some tickets available for that show. Also, uh, October 8th, I'm going to be in Springfield, Massachusetts at the MGM Casino. 
That's right, all you whales, get out there. You do a little gambling, come and see a Bronx Tale. Watch me throw the dice. It's sunny. Right, John? Why not? If I'm there, ask me to throw the dice for you. I'm a lucky guy. That's the MGM Casino, October 8th, Springfield, Mass. Okay, October 9th, I'm going to be in Boston. Boston, Massachusetts at the Emerson Colonial Theater. I love Boston. I really do. It's a great, great city. I go there quite often. My son graduated from Berkeley. He loved Boston. Let's face it, I'm a Yankee fan now. Relax, Boston. I'm still a Yankee fan. Boston Red Sox, not having a good year this year. I can't say I don't love it. My friend Bobby Sager, big Boston fan. Bobby, I'm sorry. It's not happening, Bobby Sager. Not, it's not your year this year. This ain't your night, as Marlon Brando once said. Okay, also, October 23rd, I'm going to be at the St. Charles Theater in Chicago, Illinois. No, excuse me. I'm going to be in St. Charles, Chicago, at the Arcadia Theater. Arcadia Theater in St. Charles. That's right. Ron Onesti does a great job there in Chicago at the St. Charles Theater. November 6th in Long Branch, New Jersey. John, back in New Jersey, John. Looking forward to that. At the Marmoth, Marmoth University Center for the Arts. That's going to be a great show. I have all my friends who come to see that show. All the Jersey cops come to see that show. I love, the, you, know, you know how I am about the police. At Union City, my friend Dragon and, and, and my Chris. Come on, all those guys. They all come down and see me, and we have a blast. All those Jersey cops are coming down, and that'll be great. What what else yet? Oh, November 11th. November 11th and 12th, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, PA, at the Byram Theater. Two big shows. And then, what is this? November 19th, I'm closing out the year with the Ridgefield Playhouse. Right near here. 15 minutes away, not many tickets left. Uh, I've done the Richfield Playhouse many, many times. It's a great, great spot. So uh, there's so much to talk about here. Oh, people were asking me about the card. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. If you want to know what show to come and see, I'm going to be at a city near you. Go to chazpalmentary.net for tickets. ChazPalmentary.net. You can get this card. You can get these new photos I have. Great photos about the website. On my website, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. A great gift to your child. Original posters. Original, original posters from the original show. All this stuff, you can get it on. Now, Neighborhood Logic is today. John, we love Neighborhood Logic, right? Some of my favorites. It's one of your favorites. I got to be honest with you. It's one of my favorites, too. Uh, there's so many things to talk about with Neighborhood Logic. This is when this is when you are the star. I'm going to answer all these emails because I like to answer them. You know, you, you, people are great and kind enough to send in the email, and I say, you know what? I'm going to answer them. I'm going to answer everyone. Uh, let me get on my site here. Okay. Um, 
What I think is, what I think is when you send in these questions and answers, I mean, you guys know I'm not political, right? I mean, I'm just not. I try not to be politics. You know, I'm kind of neighborhood logic, John. It's common sense. Wouldn't you say? Can't disagree. You can't, you can't disagree with common sense. I mean, common sense is, when you say, uh, I wish more people would use common sense. I don't understand why it's not more common. You know what? I like that. Why is common sense not more common? Would somebody please tell me why? You know, I, I, I don't know why. Um, I remember I read some of these, and the first question is, um, John, I got to tell you, it's a little, uh, it's a little touchy subject. Um, and I didn't want to touch it, but I think I'm going to. And that is, uh, it was about a young man. Uh, John, I won't say his last name because that's not nice. Okay. Uh, no, I don't want to say his last name because he might, he might feel a little person. He's from John from Dallas, Texas. John from Dallas, Texas. And he says, could you advise me on how I should proceed with this? My son is 21 years old, and he says that he is a woman. Okay, now, and there's some more things he said that are kind of personal, which I don't have to read out loud. How should I proceed in this? I love him, and I don't want to lose him. What do you recommend? Well, okay, what do I recommend? (sighs) You know, um, again, I try not to be political, but I, I try to answer some of these questions with common sense. First of all, I think at 21, he's old enough to decide his journey in life. At 21, yeah, I agree with that. At 21, you know, and he's not even 18, he's 21. I mean, 18, you could drive a car, you can go in the army. I think Joe uh, from, uh, was it, Dallas, I think, I think he should go in therapy, make sure he prepares for this. It's a thing that you have to be sure of. And I think, I think it would be a good idea for you and your wife to go in therapy too, to prepare for this. But here's the bottom line. The kid's got to be happy. What do you want, an unhappy child? You want an unloving child that he says, my parents don't love me anymore? Look, I have a son. He's 26. I have a daughter who's 20. Um, I look at it and I say, all right, well, if this happened to me, would this stun me away? Yeah, I, I think it would stun me, yeah. But I think you would have to understand. I mean, I had a, a guest on my show a few weeks ago, Vic uh, Di Benedetto, and he was just wonderful. And if you ever get a chance to see him in person, he's absolutely hysterical. But he talked about his son, who uh, is gay, and came out. And he said, hey, I'd rather have a son coming out of the closet than hanging in one. And I thought that was like, whoa. I mean, that just backed me up. And I said, wow. I mean, that was a brilliant thing to say. And, and I thought about that. And I said, no, well, no one's ever put it that like that. So I think, Joe, 
from Dallas. I think you should go into therapy too, you and your wife, to understand this. I think you should move slow. I think it's important that he moves slow. Now, when a person wants to make a transition like this, again, hey, I am not a doctor. Oh, God. And I know very little about this, only when I read. But I got to tell you, you know, I'm thinking about it now. In 1982, for those of you who know me, I was the doorman at uh, the limelight. Remember the limelight, John, in the city? I remember. Oh, you were young. Forget about it. You were too I young. I still know about it. You've talked about it yeah, before. Yeah, it's, it's a very famous club. And I was the head of security on Monday nights, just on Mondays. And that was gay night. And I got to tell you, it was the best night of the week. Never a fight. Everybody was always so respectful, always partying, and all they cared about was partying all night. And there were many transgenders that would come on Monday night. Girls, guys, but many transgenders. And I got along incredibly with them. They would come in, I would tell them how beautiful they look, and some of them looked really beautiful. Some of them you couldn't even tell. It was amazing. And they were the sweetest, nicest people in the world. So, I don't know why I brought that up, but I, I just think a person has to be happy. I mean, how could you deny your son or your daughter not wanting to be happy? I mean, at 21, I, th I think if, if that is their journey and they want to do it at 21, I, 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 think, I think it's okay. Uh, is it going to be hard? Absolutely. I mean, is it going to be hard for you guys? The parents, it might be, and it might be some trans, uh, transitions here, excuse me. But common sense tells you if you don't accept it and try to understand it, what's your alternative? Disown the kid and treat him like a leper or something? I mean, that's terrible. It sounds to me from reading on, Joe, that you and your wife love him. I don't want to read any, you know, some of the personal things you said. But I, I, I say go for it. I say encourage him, be with him, love him, hug him. At 21 years old, a child can make his own decision at 21. Younger, that's a whole nother debate. But at 21, yes. So, uh, God bless you. Uh, I would love to hear about how it's going. Um, and maybe we could talk about it in six months, Joe, from Dallas. And uh, we could see how it goes. But how could you not love your child? Come on. I, I, I'm stunned by it. And you know what? Um, and I have two kids. And I'm sure I would be stunned too. So there's nothing wrong with the way you're feeling. But I would take a deep breath, wash my face, look in the mirror and say, hey, this is my son or my daughter, and I'm going to go for it and, and be happy with him. And I think that's the adult way to do it. Whoa, okay. That was, uh, that was the tough one right out of the box.
Let's see. Hi there. Uh, let me tell you, what is this? Uh, no, this is a guy who's looking to get uh, on my show, and I'm not interested. And uh, let's see what this one says. Kathy Stein. What does Kathy Stein say? Bravo on an unbelievable performance in Lancaster, PA. That's very nice of her. We were completely blown away, yada, yada, yada. They love the show, and they love to, They really love the show. We also love Sandy Blue Eyes. We are the ones had given him the T-shirt. Oh, they gave Sandy a T-shirt. That they love Sandy Blue Eyes, and they love, and they love Elvis. Oh, let me shut this off. Sorry. Uh, and they love Sandy. I just wanted to email you to let you know how amazing the show was. We hope to meet you in the future. Best wishes, you and your family. All right. And that was Kathy Stein. We say, we say thank you, Kathy. That's very nice of you. Who's this? Gail. Let's see what Gail says. Oh. Hmm. Gail says, what makes a man sexy? Gail Lynn. And then she says something very sweet about me. I won't say what that is. What makes a, a guy sexy, Gil wants to know. Well, you know what? I think what makes a guy sexy is confidence. To me, I, I, I hear that from women all the time. What do you think? What, what do you think makes a, a guy sexy, John? That's kind of funny because that's the word that I was just about to blurt out. Yeah. Because you get some guys who are... Not not like, you know, they don't look like Tony Curtis, but they got great confidence. And I got to tell you, they got a lot of growth, some of these guys. You know what I've heard a lot of recently is yeah. what women like in guys is a handy guy. A what? A handyman. A handy guy? Because not too many people are handy anymore. I, well, I'm a little concerned about the word handy. I mean, maybe they just want them to fix their house. That's a good <laughs> and point, And fix too. their plumbing. Um, but I, like hang a picture frame or something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't even know how to pick up a hammer anymore. Yeah, I, I, I inc- and I'm one included. You know, they used to call me. You know what they called me? Get the guy, Chaz. <laughs> my father, my father used to call me Get the guy. When I grow up, he used to say, "Son, I want you to help me paint the house and paint this." I used to go, "Dad, come on, get the guy. Just, just get the guy." And we didn't have money, but all I kept saying was, "Get the guy." And he said to me, "I hope to God that you make a lot of money." He goes, get the guy, cost money. And now, and he was right. I own a home now, and I'm always going to my, my wife, always saying, well, you know, that's a big dead tree out there. We got about four or five dead trees. And I go, honey, honey, just get the guy, get the guy. And I'm still saying, get the guy. Cut the grass, get the guy. Mow the, cut, cut the, get the guy. Too many weeds, get the guy. But get the guy adds up. You got to, it, it costs you money to get the guy. So, um, I would say, anyway, I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but what makes a, a guy sexy and what makes a girl sexy is confidence. When, the, when, a, when, a girl, when a woman just walks up to me and says, hi, I really love your movies, as opposed to just staring and looking. I like somebody who's confident and comes over, I love your movies, I love your, your work, my name is yada, yada, yada. I, I, you know what? It's the same thing with a guy. He walks over, he says, hi, how are you? My name is... Something about that. I know a guy wasn't the greatest looking guy in the world. Uh, His name was Joey. He lived in uh, L.A. He passed away. Uh, 
But he was a great guy, great guy. Uh, his name was, I, I can say his name because I want to give him a shout out, Joey DePinto. And Joey got the most beautiful women I've ever seen all over the place. He was, he had a, a mouth on him. He can make Harvard root for Yale, I'm telling you. He was a great guy. And he had a great, great sensibility about him that women just love. I mean, some guy, and he had this confidence that was, um, wow, I don't know. Anyway, shout out to Joey. May he rest in peace. I'm on a site right now about what makes men sexy. And the number one thing that I've been seeing a lot of is their fitness level, which I don't really agree with anymore. Their fitness level. Wow. That's interesting. I don't see that being a trend. I think that's kind of a dying breed. I see a lot of women liking dad bods. I, I think dad bods, you said? Wow, I never heard of that spread. Dad bods. Wow, okay. Well, uh, I think the young girls very much into fitness, and, and they should be. They should be. If, I, if you're a young lady and you're 20, college, 22, 23, you want to go, you know, you want to go with the star quarterback. I get it. Or guys with built and but that's a good question i like to know what part of the body do women look at aside from whatever confidence is what part of the body turns women on the most i i you know i know i have a, a very large male audience but but let's ask another question what part of a woman turns a man on the most is this sexist i gotta be careful here i don't think so i don't think so it's, it's just a question you know, um, it's a question. What is it? So for those of you listening out there, send in a question. What part of a body turns men on and what part of a body turns a woman on the most? I don't know. I would think, if I had a guess, I would say maybe shoulders. Shoulders is a good one. I don't see too many girls going after six-packs anymore either. No, who's got a six? People don't real. Listen, I work out five, six days a week. I box, I box, I box 12 rounds every three days, 12 two-minute rounds, to be fair. Okay, you, and I'm in, I'm in, I think, really great shape, especially for a man my age. And who gets a six-pack? You know how hard that is? That's like impossible you have to be so strict. You have to work out with a trainer. You have to eat. If you, the, Bill Burr's got a great bit on this. I, I watch Bill Burr, and it's just, he's one of my, my favorite comics. You know, so I got some great uh, uh, people who I just love. Bill Burr is one of them. I, I, I think he's like, he was like, the, to me, to me, the new Richard Pryor of this era, really. I mean, just breaking ground and not afraid to say anything and, uh, I just think he's incredible. Um, but he said, you know, it, 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 it's fucking hard. You know, he does that one bit, eat it, eat it, don't eat it. What time is it? Oh, it's just great. I mean, fabulous. If you get a chance, watch that bit on his, on his channel. Um, I, I, I just think it's too, who has a six pack? Please go to the beach. Tell me, write them down. How many people you see with a real legitimate six pack now? Not bullshit six-pack. Not like, a, you know, a couple of cans of beer there. Six-pack. Okay? Well, when you see it in TV and magazines and stuff like that, a lot of the times they're painted on. They're painted on. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's an, there's a thing they spray. When I got sprayed once with, uh, you know, for my color, she goes, you want me to give you a six-pack? I said, no. 
How embarrassing that is to have a six pack. And then all of a sudden, she, the girl sees you like, uh, well, this my wife. She would see me like uh, a week later, two weeks later when it fades off. I don't have a six pack. How did that happen? Come on. All right. So let's we'll let that go. All right. Here, who's this? All right, who's this one from? Angelina, Angelina, what is this? Russo, Italian girl, Angelina Russo. Why is it they call uh, the T-shirt, why is it they call Guinea T-shirts Guinea T-shirts? Hmm, okay. Well, first of all, Angelina, you're Italian, so I'm going to let it go. I don't like the word Guinea. But we say it all the time. People say the word Guinea like they're saying, uh, pass me the salt. I'm an Italian-American. I don't like that word Guinea. I don't. I never did. You know where it comes from? In England, when the Italians immigrated there, very early on in the turn of the century, uh... They would say, oh, those people, don't worry about them. They'll work for a guinea. Now, a guinea was a penny. They'll work for a guinea. So it's a very derogatory word. And I don't like the word. So for people that don't know what that is, it's a white-ribbed undershirt. It's like a tank top. Yes. Um, it also has another bad name called a wife beater. A wife beater. A guinea t-shirt, a wife beater. What the hell are you saying here? So you're saying all Italians are wife beaters? Or anybody who wears that shirt is a wife beater? I, I, I have an offense on that. You know, listen, I'm wearing one right now. I'm going to take my shirt off right now, pal. I'm taking my shirt off. Well, not off-off, but just show you. I have a guinea tea on. Again, I could say the word guinea because I am a guinea. Okay? But I don't like that word here. That's a guinea t-shirt. Are we watching it? Okay? But... I have a problem with that word. I, uh, can I change the thinking of people? Probably not. I mean, it's a little late. Uh, the word, look, we can't say the N-word, and I totally understand that. Uh, but all I'm saying is be careful of that word guinea when you say it to somebody. And, and Angelina, I'll let it go because you are Italian. So, all right, I'll give you a pass. But that word is, uh, is not a great word. Okay, so, uh, you know, let it go. Anyway, just so you know where it comes from, he'll work for a guinea. Not, not cool. Not cool. All right. What is this? Rowith? The last name is T-H-A-R-W-I-N-I. Um, I look for, guy calls me Sir Palmetary. Well, okay. I look forward to watching your one-man show next year when I visit the U.S. Okay. Do you have any plans to go Toronto or Vancouver? Well, uh, I would like to go there. I mean, I don't. do I have any plans yet? Not really. Um, but uh, maybe. I can't say definite. Maybe next year. I love Toronto. Love Vancouver. I did movies there. I loved it. It was great. Okay, Carol, Carolyn, N-U-D-O. You see that one, John? How do you spell that? Not Nudo. Nudo. Hello, Chaz Palmetary. My name is Carolyn. I grew up in Long Island, and I am currently, I live in Florida. 
I, too, am from Italian-American. I love the tradition of I enjoy watching your podcast, hearing stories about traditional things. You have many stories invoke wonderful memories for me. I write stories about living on Long Island. Maybe you can give me some advice on how to begin to create a play for everyone to enjoy. This is relatable to their own childhood. Hope to hear from you soon. God bless. Okay, Carolyn, I hope you're watching. What I could do is, to you, what I could say to you is, everybody has stories, just like you. I hear this all the time. People come over to me, John, they go, oh, my, my life could be a movie. My life could be a play. And what I say to them is, you got to write it down. You got to write them down. You, you could say a hundred things and give me a hundred stories. And you know what they are? Stories. That's it. But a play, a movie, a book, you got to write down. Nothing begins, Carolyn, unless you write the script. You have to write the script. Without a script, you got words coming out of your mouth. People don't want to sit down and write because it's hard. It's very, very hard to write. I have a tough time doing it. Everybody does. I wake up in the morning from 6 to 10, and I try to write a play. I'm writing a play right now. But it's hard. It's not easy. So I say, you have, you have all these stories? Well, you know what they say, write what you know. And I'm sure you know all these stories really good. So do it. And that's my best advice to you. I also think she has to write something that she enjoys. Because if she enjoys it, then that yeah. means somebody else is going to enjoy it as well. I, I, I think that's a good... Uh, I think that's a good point. If she enjoys it, you're going to feel excited to write it. And then after you write all the stories down, and try to, and if you want to write them in a play form, but you got to have, it's not easy to write a play, to write a movie, to write a musical. But I'm not going to discourage you. You got to do it. You just got to do it. All my stories I wrote down and I performed the one-man show. I wrote it about my life. It became a Bronx tale. My real name is Calodro. That's how it happened. There's no secret. I didn't know Robert De Niro. I didn't know anybody in Hollywood. I just wrote a great story. I, and I will say that. It's a great story. And that's how it happened. Okay. So, Derek F-R-A-I-O Faroli. I gotta be, I'm sorry about my dyslexic. It's terrible. Hi, Chaz. My name is Derek from Boston, Massachusetts. Love your work in films, podcast, show is great. Hope to see your one-man show in the future. Okay. Well, go to chazpalmentary.net and you can see my show at a city near you. My question is, in the movie A Bronx Tale, how did Mickey Mantle, how did the Mickey Mantle line came about? Was it from past conversations or did you write that line just for the movie? Actually, I heard that line, one of the wise guys said. And it wasn't me. Some of the, one, of the, one of the guys was upset because he was a diehard Yankee fan. And I was younger, and I heard him say it to one of my friends who was a little older. He said, what are you crying about? He said, what are you upset about? 
that Mickey Mantle cares about you. And we all looked at him. He said, Mickey Mantle won't pay your rent. He goes, fuck Mickey Mantle. And I never forgot it. At that time, I didn't agree with him. I still loved Mickey Mantle. But as I got older, I thought that was a funny line, and I remembered it. You know, I wasn't a great, I wasn't a great student in high school. I was, like, passable. In college, I was better. I really put my head to the grindstone and worked hard. But I always had a thing about remembering funny stuff. I just had a good memory to remember things that the wise guys told me. And that blessed me because when I wrote Bronx Tale, I remembered all this shit in my head. I don't know. But that was them telling us, you think Mickey Mantle cares about you? Come on, stop. Yeah, I I, all of a sudden I turned into Sonny just then. And uh, I never forgot that. So, yes, Derek, that was something that I heard that they told me. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Okay, uh, who's this? Jeff Tucker. Jeff Tucker. Big fan of your work and listening to the podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your work on Pool Hall Junkies. How it developed as a project working with Christopher Walken. I'm sorry if you already mentioned on the podcast and I missed it. I'm going to see your one-man show in Boston in a few weeks. Okay, Jeff Tucker. Well, thank you. Pool Hall Junkies, I love that movie. I loved it, and uh, I loved working with Christopher Walken. Mars Callahan is the writer of that, and he directed it, and he started it. He played the guy, and and who else was in it? Uh, Schneider, the young young actor who's such a terrific actor. I forgot his name. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Um, Pujol Junkies. Wait a minute. I think I have it there. What does it say there? There he is. Um, oh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. What the hell's the matter with me? I'm sorry, Rob. He was just fabulous in it. Mars was great in it. Chris Walken. Oh, my God. Chris is like, you know what I always say about Chris Walken? He can read the phone book, and it's funny, and it's it's just good. You just can't keep your eyes off him. He's a great actor. I, I loved working with Chris Walken. Oh, yeah. no, it's Rod Steiger. No, uh, Rod Steiger was in it, but there was a Snyder in it, too. Actually, actually, that was the last movie Rob, Rob Snyder, I think Rod, Ron, uh, Rob Steiger ever did. It was great working with him. I asked him so many questions about this question between him and Brando, you know, on the scene and on the waterfront. He told me that he, he actually did his close-ups with the script girl that Brando left. I couldn't believe it. Wow. That great scene. What, John? The, no, I'm just looking at the credits. I don't see his Rob yeah. Schneider's name on. Yeah, well, he's Jones. in it. He is. Yeah. Okay. He's there. And uh, but some great stories about pool of junkies, and like I said, Chris Walken. You know, you know, jazz. You know, that's Chris Walken. I mean, I do a terrible Chris Walken, but you know, the lion has to show that he's a lion. You know, I mean, he's just, I mean, how unique is that guy? How fucking unique is Christopher Walken? I mean, come on. He is, um, when they say one of a kind, that's one of a kind, bro. He's got to be a New Yorker, right? Chris Walken? Absolutely. He lives in New York. Where did he, where was he raised? You know, he's from New York. Chris Walken, and he doesn't live too far from me. I've seen him for lunch a couple of times, but he's a character. 
He has a heavy accent. I love it. Well, it's this, and people who don't know, he was in this video. Oh, shit. You got to see him dance. I think it's what with Fat Joe. Holy shit. I think it won an Emmy, in fact, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong, but watch Chris, Christopher Walken dance. To blow you away. To blow you away. Uh, uh, James Cagney was a great dancer, too. You weren't thinking, right? Okay. This is from Alice. Alice, uh, it's such an honor to write to you. I love and admire your work. Blah, blah, blah. Listen to your podcast. Thank you for making my life more beautiful. Oh, she's very sweet. Um, and she's talking about uh, my movies, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to bore everybody here. Mr. Pampateri, I need your guidance. Okay. You're down to earth, yet compassionate advice. Neighborhood logic. I truly feel that you're the right person to ask. I am a 50-year-old woman born in Romania, a U.S. citizen for decades. I have a daughter and a son who grew up without a father figure. And I raised both my kids old school style. God bless you for doing that. Chasing them around with a wooden spoon. Oh, I remember that. Uh, independent, no drugs, they're good kids. Oh, wow. It's only me. I don't date, never dated since I was pregnant. Well, honey, you could date. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, my son, I was looking uh, for a man. I see for a strong man, for a father figure to role model up. I was taught by many things. I see him hungry for learning. Even though I cannot, I could be tough at times, I can never be a dad. Well, I think a boy, oh, God, I hope I don't sound bad. I think a boy needs a father or a, or a male figure, or a male figure. And just like a woman and a father, I think they need both, a father and a mother. My son, I taught him many things, but my wife taught him many things. My daughter, the same thing. I think you need the father and the mother. Now, if you don't have that, you have to find a friend um, a coach, uh, a teacher, someone that could maybe help him along. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't even have an uncle or relative to help him out. I wish you were his uncle. That's so sweet of you. What should I do? How should I help him? I am sorry for taking up your time. I mean, that, that's so nice of you. Grazie mille. Uh, she's very sweet. Uh, wow, she's in Romania now. If you need anything from me, please don't hesitate to ask. <laughs> well, I haven't been to Romania. I've never been there. But I hear it's a beautiful country. But uh, what I could say to you, dear, is, you know, see if there's uh, a teacher that you could talk to him about. Uh, sometimes they could take uh, a sport, boxing, karate. Um, but I, it sounds to me like you're doing a hell of a job with him. And I think, is it impossible to raise a child without a father? Yes, it's not impossible. Of course you can. Many kids right, or you grow up and, do, and live great lives with a strong mother or, or a strong single parent. I, so I think it's, is it harder? Yes. But is it, is it impossible? No. So I wish you luck. And uh, look, God bless you. And uh, wish you luck on that. Michael Lorio. 
L-O-R-I-O. Hey, Charles, I love the podcast. I'm an aspiring actor. I wanted to know I could find an agent or a manager in Toronto, Canada. I don't have any acting experience at the moment. Well, I mean, what you got to do, babe, is you got to get some acting experience. You know, I mean, you want to you do it, you got to get some acting experience. I mean, Michael, you just can't walk into a place and say, I like, I'm looking for an agent. And the first thing the guy says to you is, okay, uh, tell me what you've done. You say, nothing. I just think I could be an actor. I mean, you, and you expect him to take you on? It's not going to happen. I say go for classes, study somewhere, and then from that you'll be in the network of other actors, and you could do some uh, practice scene study, maybe get into a little off-something off play, like a, uh, a workshop play, and get experience. And then try to look for an agent. But you're looking to put the, the cart before the horse, as they say. Or is it the horse before the cart? I don't know. It's one or the other. The cart before the horse, I think. Okay. So you got to get some experience. Okay. Sean Amato. Hey, Chaz and Dante. This is to my son, too. This is Sean Amato. I'm a New York-based actor working in the theater, small independent films, mostly on Long Island growing up. All right, so he's worked. I experienced a lot of things I didn't know to cope with. And after being inspired by you, Chaz, I wrote it all into a one-man play called Beautiful Life 404. I'm blessed to say that this play is in the works and being produced for the third time next August. Congratulations. While I'm grateful for the opportunity and confidence going in the right direction, I was hoping to ask your advice on how to take this production to the next level, as you did. I actually... I had the pleasure of speaking to your friend, Sandy Blue Eyes, about the play recently. And he, I had a, we had a drink together, and he saw the production of Mamma Mia I was part of in Port Jefferson. Okay. Sean, the way you take it to the next level is you keep on doing it. Network and try to get as many people as you can there. Try to get some um, people that will write about it. Some reviewers there. Talk about it. I just talked about it. A lot of people are going to hear this. So um, I wish you well, Sean. But it's not an easy take. Taking it to the next level is doing it as much as you can and let the work dictate where it goes. But you have to help it along. You have to network. What do I always tell people? I always tell people, one of the things I always say, you know, I'm doing... Uh, a one-on-one class. I'm doing a one-on-one class uh, in September. I think it's September 17th, 18th, and 19th, if I'm not mistaken. It's a master class at 101. You can, you can. I, I only have a few spots left if you want to go. I teach how to audition and how to know the mind of the actor in the business. And what I always say is your your net worth is your network. Or your network is your net worth. Either one. But that's important. You got to network. You got to, got to network. That's very, very important. The business is just as important as the material. Okay. Now, who's this? Fran Napolitano. I know that name. 
I have a question. I purchased for your tickets in November at the Polak Theater in Long Branch, and I have a question for Chaz Palmateri. Have you reached the correct email? Yes, you have. So, what is your question, love? Thank you for your response. Oh, I'm Richie Napolitano's wife, the brother of your old friend from the neighborhood, Timmy Napolitano. Oh, sadly, uh, Richie passed away too. Oh, sorry to read this for everybody, six years ago. I bought four tickets for myself, my daughter, my son, my grandson, and see a show November, not knowing if you received guests before or after the show. I thought I'd contact you and hope I can introduce my grandson, Frankie, to you. Yes, you can. I do see guests after the show. I want you to see Sandy Blue Eyes at the merchandise counter, and he will uh, uh, arrange it for you, friend. Okay? Uh, Timmy Knapp, his brother Richie, I grew up with them. Great people. I'm sorry to hear that he passed away, Richie. Timmy Knapp, I know, passed away many years ago. Uh, a real classic. Timmy Knapp, oh my God, I could tell you stories about Timmy Knapp. Stories about Timmy Knapp. Oh, Jesus, God. That was a -a one-of-a-kind guy. I could do an episode on just him. Nicest guy, greatest guy in the world, cheapest bastard that ever lived. Never wanted to go for a dime. We used to call him alligator arms because he had the short arms, you know, very short arms. And uh, he invited us out to dinner once, me and my friends. He said, I'm going to pay for dinner. I said, really? You're going to pay for dinner? He said, absolutely. We went to this really nice restaurant. I said, how the fuck is this guy going to afford this, John? We were sitting there, me and three of my friends. And at the end of the meal, he goes, check. And I'm saying, holy shit, this guy's buying us. He's really doing it. And all of a sudden, the waiter comes over, and I see him looking at his plate, really getting, like, standing up, saying, what the hell is this? You believe this? The waiter comes over and says, what's wrong? What's wrong? Look at that in my dish. There was a cockroach in his dish. He's freaking out. The guy goes, look, settle down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's going, I can't have this. This is terrible. And we got out without paying the check. And he, unbeknownst to us, us, had a cockroach in aluminum foil. When nobody was looking, he threw it on the plate. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Is that hilarious? Timmy Knapp, may you rest in peace, but there was no one like you. Richie was stand-up great guy. Richie would never do that. But Timmy Knapp, oh my God, just crazy. Okay, who's this from? I don't know who's this from. Especially especially Moon? I don't know who that is. Uh, what does he say? I'm 20 years old, have been in college online since the pandemic started. When the pandemic started, I was a senior in high school and my graduation. I lost contact with all my high school friends. I've always, I'm an introverted and homebody and I'm tired of spending time alone. I'm having, I have friends on the internet, but it's not the same. I feel like I lost the important moments like my graduation, attending college because of the pandemic. How can I go about making new friends? Well, my friend, you make new friends by getting out there. I mean, first of all, you're still a kid. I mean, what are you, 22 now? Oh, my God. You're 22 years old. I'm still attending school online. It's more affordable. 
So it's not an option. Okay, I get it. Well, then you got to go out to places. You got to go to gatherings or you got to go to parties or baseball games or get on. Do you have these chats on the internet? Right, uh, John, you're younger. I mean, don't they have that where you can? They do, or you could even get a job. I don't know if you have one right now, but if you had a job, you can network through your job. You know what? That's a great thing. You can network through your job. I think that's a great uh, question. You know, if you have a job, uh, you meet people at work, but you can't sit home and do nothing. Many young kids lost their, gra- their final senior year. It was horrible. My daughter did. And then she went to University of Michigan freshman year. And I think the first six months of that was home. So, uh, but she's out there. She made many friends. So you got to put yourself out there. Your network. You got to network, my friends. I keep telling you guys that. Okay? You got to network. So I wish you well, my friend. I was reading a lot of younger kids are traumatized from the pandemic because they missed their senior year, that because they couldn't socialize, because they couldn't go to the first year of college. Yes. And they're scared to meet new people and they're scared to go out. But I feel like the thing you need to do is you have to get out. You have to get out. I say this to all the young people out there. You, you Look, how many times am I going to say it? Your net worth is your net worth. Woody Allen told me, the only way to succeed in life is you got to show up. How many times have you heard me say that? What's the biggest advice I could give you folks? Show up. You can't stay home. You want to be a success? You have to show up. Okay? Your net worth is your network. How many times am I going to say that? You think somebody's going to knock on your door and say, hey, I have this opportunity for you? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You have to show up. Get up in the morning, do what you got to do, and show up, and you'll be a success. Or you'll have a shot to be a success. But you can't. What did Wayne Wayne Gretzky said a great thing. Wayne Gretzky said in a brilliant way, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Hello? Come on, guys. Take a shot. Okay. Who's this? Goomba. His name is Goomba. All right. Chaz, love your program. I left my ass off with the old school guys. It's like looking in the mirror at some of the characters I grew up with. I am in Cleveland. I was born in the early 40s under the same neighborhood <clears throat> conditions as you. The bloody corner, East 10 in Woodland. Wow. Yeah, that is 99.9% Italian. I was 10 years old before I even knew anybody Italian, uh, anybody else Italian was ex- existed. I always say either stay home and play with our sisters Oh, with the dolls that went out and got our asses kicked. Would not have wanted it anyway. Some fool got out of line, the boys took care of him. I do a blog called Goomba Cazette. All right, I'll give you a shout out there, Goomba Cazette. Uh, I know your fans will love it. 
No political affiliation. I take no prisoners. No one is safe. Do good and get your compliment. Fuck up, get your ass kicked. The Goomba cassette. All right, he does a blog. Check it out. Sounds like a good guy. I don't usually give shout-outs like that, but you know what? He came across like a gentleman. I'm okay. Ah, he's a Marine. Paris boot camp, 1958. Yeah, he seems like a solid guy. Uh, i nearly been around the world. Thanks to Uncle Sam. And hey, thank you for your service, brother. That's why I'm glad I gave you a shout-out. Uh, he wrote a book called Luna Park. Uh, and it's about his father's life. And you know what I say? God bless you all, my friend. I wish you much success. And thank you for your service. All right, let's see what else we got here. Diana. Diana. How we doing, bro? We doing good? Okay, Diana. First of all, I wanted to say that I absolute what? What are you absolute? I absolutely love Bronx Tale, and I just love uh, love your I love your show. That's so nice of you. Coming from an Italian family, I was adopted at birth, Irish, German, Spanish background. I grew up some hours with Bronx in Toronto. She grew up in t- Toronto. The podcast about psychic abilities was a good episode. I was born with special abilities. Yes, you are, because we all have these abilities. We just have to use them. Yada, yada, yada. I was all around. I I can't read the whole thing. It's very, very long. Uh, She talks about her father, her parents. All my life, she's been an oddball. Well, you know, sometimes when you see things like that, oh, my God, 10 years later, I'm sorry about all of this, but I can't read all of this. Uh, uh, I guess she's just telling me about her life and her psychic abilities. Diana, I uh, thank you for listening to my email. I wish you well, Diana. Thank you for being a fan of the show. Um, Diane uh, uh, Guardio, okay. Let's see who else we got here. Joe Ferraro? Ferraro. Joe Ferraro. I knew a Joe Ferraro. My name is Joe Ferraro. I'm a huge fan of the movies. I saw your one-man show. It was brilliant. Oh, that's very nice of you. My all-time favorite movie in Bronx Tale. I love the story behind it. Okay, excited that... Oh, he's going to... Oh, 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 you saw it. Excuse me. You saw it. Yeah, you saw it in Niagara Falls. And he's from Niagara. The weekend you were... Okay. As a father of two boys, I like the lessons from A Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale is a great movie to see with your kids. It's a great movie to, because it teaches right and wrong. Remember the end. The choices you make will shape your life forever. It makes kids think about that. He says he loves the lessons in, in the podcast as well. Thank you so much. <clears throat> I will get a signed card on my website. Go right ahead. If you have a chance, can you shout out to Danielle... And Jonathan, Danielle and Jonathan from Niagara Falls, Canada, as we represent a solid contingent of your fans in Canada. Danielle and Jonathan, it's a shout out to you. I don't do that often. People want shout outs, you go on my website, chazpalmentary.net. Best wishes to you and your family, Joe. All right, all right, I gave you a shout out. All right, you got me. You got me, Joe. You got me. Okay. 
Uh, who's this? Tommy Sig. Stiggs. S-T-I-G-S. Hello, Chaz. I see you enjoyed old... I love enjoy old school. Thought you would enjoy some of my videos. I'm an old school guy and has a scoop and sometimes do a show from my stoop. Check out my clips. <clears throat> He's from Belleville, New Jersey. Grew up from Belvin and Newark, which is where Joe Pesci and Frankie Valley are from. Yes, they are. My good friend Joe Piscopo was all from there. Tommy, uh, give you a shout-out, babe. Wish you well. And uh, come and see the show when I'm in Jersey, bro. Hey, uh, this has been a great show here. You know, I want to remind you all, don't forget, October 1st. October 1st, I cannot say it enough times. This is going to, if you miss this show, you're going to be sick. Really, you're going to be sick. First time in 34 years, I'm going to give a Q&A afterwards. That is the show I want you all to come and see. Uh, you want to go to my website, go to chazpalmetary.net, and it will tell you about my website. I do one-on-ones with people. Master classes, go to chazpalmetary.net. Also, I do shout-outs. I'll do a video, a personal video to you. Go to my website. I will do a personal video for you. ChazPalmetary.net. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. It's always been my mantra. My father wrote this on a card when I was nine years old. I gave it to my kids. They're both usually successful. I consider it a lucky card. You want to give it to your son, your daughter, your nephew. It's a great Christmas card, too. It's a great gift. God bless you all, and I will see you next week.